When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, goofing around with the delay. I think the timing is perfect. Oh, yes, he was a college DJ. Maybe I should mention that every podcast socks populi 148 oh am i lucky my name is brett valentini i get to host another podcast about the chicago white Sox with five of my very closest friends in the whole wide world oh no that's not just limited to south side socks and the <laughs> socks populi family of podcasts oh no that's in real life in the real world because guess what we're all just huffing the fumes of a sweep of the detroit tigers Congratulations to us. We won three in a row again. Heading into an off day. So momentum and buzz kill. All right. Before we get to talking about the White Sox, my favorite part of the program is always to run down the ugly numbers. The numbers aren't quite as ugly as they were just a few days ago before the Detroit series, right? White Sox 26 and 35. Yes, 10 games under is the new 500 for 2023. And the White Sox have now whooshed right past it again just nine games below 500 probably not for long but we'll get to that five and a half games out yes they've gained an entire game via this sweep five and a half games (laughs) out of first place in the al central which last time i checked is an actual major league baseball division 426 winning percentage so indeed that fictional one that was 397 i believe just three games ago it really was fiction. It turned out that you can't have a winning percentage worse than 400. White Sox turned out 426. That's a 69 and 93 projection for the season, which just happens to dovetail with their run differential. Pedro Grafal no longer is necessarily a good or a bad manager. He's just basically just run him out there. It could just be a computer. It could be Rick Hahn doing it. It could be Tony Larusa doing it by remote. Uh, because of run differential, minus 47, third in the division still, also projects to a 69 and 93 division. So what's the point of having a manager? What's the point of having a team? What's the point of the Chicago White Sox? So let me kick it off to some of my esteemed panel, of which I will list. Dante Jones, rocking old school Chicago Bulls. Yes, for a second, we thought it would be a Chicago Bulls podcast. And normally, I don't know actually if that's an improvement or not, but I guess lately it would have been. Brian O'Neill, coming back, coming back hard. Love to see him. Crystal O'Keefe, we know her from, I don't know, is this podcast? I think we've had like 38 of them already. Oh, yeah, that's right. Visiting and Dugout. Yes, the uh, the host, hostess of Visiting and Dugout. Oh, another one coming real, real soon. So you can hold your breath and another one will come before you actually turn blue. Melissa Sage, Molenbach, uh, representing once again. Always love to see Melissa. Oh, yeah, it's Maliki Hayes. 
he's not representing the college anymore because he's found his White Sox. He's found it. I'm 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 very enthusiastic to hear how these three games have fueled him. Hey, listen, he he's sitting back right now saying, "You idiot! Uh, I've been telling you this all along. This division sucks. The White Sox are going to be in it. What? In fact, I'm going to just speak for him. White Sox are going to win this division. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, okay, uh, listen, no order. In this, well, yeah, let's do an order. Six people. Uh, Melissa Sage Bolenbach, I need to know first from you. How you feeling? Post sweep. Uh, how you feeling about this White Sox team? It's the Tigers, so I'm not <laughs> feeling great. And we scored, I mean, today, yes, we scored six <laughs> runs, four of them via Jake Berger. But before that, I mean, didn't even total 10 runs for the, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, thinking we're back. I'm not thinking that we're going to go to Yankee Stadium and take two or three. Um, it was a great game for Jake. Cause I just, I mean, I, I really adore him, but uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm not thinking anything much more than they are who they are, which is bad still. White Sox got mesmerized today by Matthew Boyd. You don't really need to see much more than that. Hey, mm-hmm. welcome back, Brian O'Neill. How are you feeling? Uh, things, I don't know if they were worse or better when we last spoke on a podcast, but let's pretend, well, I don't know. They probably it probably wasn't out on the heels of a sweep. So, uh, think, uh, have you caught the wave? Um, I mean, I agree with what Melissa's saying, but then you know, also, what did what what the poet say? Gather your rosebuds while you may. Time is fleeting, or whatever. Uh, the same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. I mean, we're playing the Yankees soon. Tomorrow, that flower might be dying. So, I'm going to gather the hell out of these rosebuds. Like, it was fun. It was fun to see Liam get a win. It was fun to see him pump his fist. It was awesome to see Jay the guys actually jump up and down. Like. Yeah, there. It's the Tigers. It's the AL Central. We still got to walk off Grand Slam. That's fun. That's cool as hell. Yeah, Brian, you got to play the teams on the schedule. It's not like the White Sox can prefer. No, I would like more Rays games, please. Yeah, not play the teams on the schedule this month. uh, Oh, gee, hey, sounds like a sounds like the second half of the podcast, Brian. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Uh, Crystal O'Keefe. Let's okay. Let's just. Pretend you're hosting Visiting Dugout. Talk to me about this Chicago White Sox team. How are you going to represent them uh, to uh, your future series? I know Yankees already recorded, but uh, some to come. And usually the, your guests are more <laughs> positive about the White Sox than you are. So has uh, anything changed? Well, I, I did I did just record Visiting Dugout earlier this evening. And Emily was incredibly confident in the Yankees um, and Aaron Judge and their pitching and how they are just really, really good. Um, And I said that the White Sox are hot and cold and I kind of hate them. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I, if I had to switch places with Emily, I would be like, this team will get swept. We are doo-doo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, now hearing that via Emily, which I'm looking forward to uh, listening to, probably just in mere hours from now that will go up as well. Uh, now, it makes, hearing that as the, if that's an accurate representation, I trust it is because you're a uh, dutiful and uh, legit reporter, Crystal. Uh, makes me want to just win four against the Yankees because I don't want to hear that they're so good and the pitching's so good. Now, now I'm just angry at the Yankees. I my hate for the Yankees has now overtaken my disdain for the White Sox. So <laughs> thank you, Crystal. For the record, she said there is a good chance that they will not actually sweep the White Sox. They oh, might, like, okay. they might get a game in, 
<laughs> but it's Yankee Stadium. Oh, the Yankees. It's Aaron Judge. Like, I, I don't feel confident. It's sort of easy, Crystal, to forget how much you hate the Yankees until you actually have to deal with the Yankees and listen to Yankees fans. Again, bless you, Emily. Thank you for being on Visiting Dugout. I'm sure you're wonderful. I can't wait to listen, but... Well, good. I'm glad they're not going to, I'm glad it's not a foregone conclusion. They're going to win four. Okay. We'll be talking about that. The the coming schedule, Brian already teased it. Uh, That's coming because, Oh, (laughs) the downer looms, the downer looms. Uh, Okay. Showed up first. Got you. Not quite first. Uh, Dante Jones. How are we feeling? All right. So like, as you said, we'll go doom and gloom for the second half of this, but for now, walk off grand slam is always amazing. Yeah. I'll take it. I will always take that. And also, Kopech looked good, so also a positive. And on the whole, a sweep is a sweep is the Tigers. This division is just like a horror show, so that's the only reason within the division. But, you know, you take what you can get. Hopefully they can play some entertaining baseball out in New York when we get there on Tuesday. And go from there. We'll see what happens. I'm just happy, as Brian said, Liam got a win on National Cancer Survivor Day. So yeah, we'll take as much steps as we can. Yeah. Need some positivity in the clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, okay, Maliki, uh, a podcast ago, just mere days ago, me and Tommy Barbie, uh, Dante probably as well, you know, whoever else, we sold off the whole team. We, I think we moved them to another city. We hated them. <laughs> uh, we definitely wanted Rickon not just fired, but probably imprisoned. And meanwhile, you sat back. Um, I might not be quite 100% accurately representing you, but you sat back and said, you know, you're idiots. The White Sox are going to be in this just by default because the division's horrible. Uh, did this weekend bear that out or are you going to change or, or am I misrepresenting you? I mean, no, I, I don't think it's, um, I, I don't think they're going to win anything, but I mean, broadly speaking, that's not, does a terrible job of summing up how I feel. I mean, there there are things there are things to feel good this weekend beyond like the brand or broader scheme of the season. Like uh, Dante and Brian both mentioned, you know, Liam Liam is everything about him is wonderful to see right now. I'm um, watching Kopech. A, it seems like some of what he's been doing the last month is is kind of sticky. We actually might be seeing him turn a corner here. Uh, and and you know, all all other things aside, what I would what I like to see from this team this season the rest of the way, you know, post 10 game losing streak, everything. I want to see enough to convince myself that we actually do not need another full teardown rebuild with five years of losing. And that there actually is, I'm semi-serious here, you know, where there actually is still like a core of a solid baseball team here where if you actually put competent people in charge and make some systemic changes, you know, we're not going to get the whole burn it down thing that we want, then, you know, there might actually be something there. And that's what they did this weekend as much as it wasn't pretty. Um, <laughs> but so it's always better to they're, win than lose. So yeah, that's, that's they're W's. Yeah. Ugly or not, they're, they're W's. Uh, 83, they won 99 of them that way. So, you know, it's like, okay, I'll take 99. We can't win 99 at this point, but yeah, okay. You know, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take getting back into it. Uh, and you're right, uh, Maliki, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're a fan base and we're, we're smart fans, uh, you know, but I mean, we're, we're subject to emotional swings. And when you lose 10 in a row, when you are still, still after all of this greatness, nine games uh, below 500. Yeah. It's tempted to think that there's nothing there worth you know, all this core, Eloy, not worth it. Luis, not worth it. None of these guys are worth it. Get rid of them all. And that that's simply, well, it can't be the case if there's a contention window and really at the, can't be the case no matter what. All right. Um, pro tip 
to you writers out there. Um, if you're smart, you read other writers, like maybe I might have read Malachi's six pack. And then when I went back to update the game story, I can incorporate some of his really smart thoughts about Michael Kopeck. You know, I wasn't like, like stealing quotes, but like, hey, slider, whatever, you know, something to do, you know, find somebody smart. Don't find an idiot and 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 work off of them. That's not going to work out so well for you because then you know you become an idiot. But you know if you're smart enough to know who's smart, well, read them, incorporate that into your work, and you know we have harmony. Harmony at Southside Sox. That stupid intro is meant to bring up Michael Kopeck because he's at a man June that is you know with maybe one or two dropouts, basically the ideal Michael Kopeck, the guy that we dreamed of in hauling off um, Chris uh, Sale and his tattered uniforms to Boston and getting back two primetime players, you know, Makata, of course, and now Michael Kopech, who is beginning, I mean, for the first time consistently to fulfill potential, not out of the bullpen, looking like a guy who actually could, I mean, I don't say a horse, but I mean, he's pitching deep in the games. He's pitching efficiently, which is something even in some of his good games he doesn't do. Uh Give me some thoughts. Uh, anyone go ahead and lurch it out uh, on, on Michael uh, Kopech and the turn he seems to be taking. I mean, I will say it's nice to see Mikey doing much better. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's great because, like you said, this is one of the big pieces of that trade. And, you know, it was looking shaky because Mikey's injury history and just, like, his hot and coldness of the year, like, of the past few years. But he's always had the tools and the weapons to do this, to be this good. It's just more about execution more than anything for him. And now that he's executing things, we're starting to see the guy that they traded one of the best pictures in the history of the team for. Also, I the records. The ta- I, I can never forget the tattered shirts. I mean, tattered jerseys from sale. Just beautiful, beautiful moment that, that showed the type of dude he is, as a, like just as a person – in and outside baseball. Yeah. Well, that time he destroyed the entire minor league um, club. <laughs> what was that last year? I think? He's a different. <clears throat> he's a different sort of fellow. Dante, it wasn't exactly an Easter egg, but I did drop a Mikey into the game story today, and it's probably going to come up again. Don't let me write stories. Keep me away from them because things. Oh, like I'm good. That's my up. bit now. That's going to be a bit. <laughs> Clearly, you've, you went right to it. <laughs> uh, other thoughts on Mr. Kopak? Um, I mean, Mel and I, both you and Brett put in your article. I mean, the one, the two on Homer was not a bad pitch. He's not leaving stuff over the place. Not, he's not getting frustrated and walking three guys in a row. He's throwing good pitches. I mean, that was just, I don't even, I, I watched it like five times. I have no idea how that left the ballpark. That was just one of those, like stick the bat out and momentum works it. So yeah. And I mean, he threw what, 92 pitches. Like that was the, I don't remember him ever being this efficient, uh, not over more than like two or three starts in a row, like he is doing now. So yeah, if he's turned the corner, and I know you say like, yeah, it's against Detroit and Cleveland, but they're still major league teams. He's, you know, he's not walking guys, and that's the important thing. So, no matter who you're facing, if you're not walking them, you're doing good. Yeah, and Malachi, let me swing it to you then, because to that point of the opponents, of course, that's something we have to acknowledge. But part of it is also the game plan we're seeing Michael executing, and then how he's executing his pitches. Which again, the opponent matters, but executing your pitches is executing your pitches. So. It's not really a. It's it's not. It's certainly not completely a facade, um, if at all. What he's done against these weaker opponents. 
No, I mean, and I'm, it, I'm, I would never be afraid to look at a, a box score and say, oh my gosh, this lineup was terrible. And they, you know, missed a bunch of really hittable pitches and got themselves out a bunch of times. That's not really what's been happening here. You, you can only pitch against the offenses that you get, obviously. And um, yeah, it seems like there's some underlying process changes that I think are probably would have stuck no matter what the opponent does. And I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to experience. The guy's been, he's got barely 250 innings in the major leagues now. I mean, and he's been in the organization for what, five or six years now. It's, it's hard to get better at pitching unless you actually pitch. And uh, I mean, you know, Dylan Cease had over 300. It took him 300 innings in the big leagues before he managed to start putting it together. So we're seeing Kopech do things like make the small mechanical tweaks uh, that he's needed to, to make sure his fastball velocity is consistent and that he can put it over the plate. And now that he's done that, he figures out, okay, they can't touch the fastball. Let's, let's scrap the curveball because it runs into the slider and makes them both worse. He hasn't hardly thrown a curveball in any of these four starts. You notice he's kind of turned, turn the change up into a, a show me pitch. And what you're seeing is him just kind of cutting down, not even cutting down to the basics, but just figuring out what he's good at and doing it over and over again to good results. So it's, it's definitely promising. It's something that, you know, a, I will, we'll see how, how things look against the Yankees, of course, or against some better opponents than the AL central. I don't know if he's going to get the Yankees, but uh, in terms of looking at the process, this isn't the kind of thing where you look into like, okay, well, he got away with a few. Let's see if Aaron judge misses that pitch. And as far as, uh, yeah, like you said, Brian, that, Home run by Torkelson. I mean, Torkelson has struggled in the big leagues, but he also broke all of Barry Bonds' college records in Arizona State. The dude's a hitter, you know. So uh, that's that's what happens. But it's 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 promising, and I think I'll, I'll eat many of my words from earlier this season. And I, I think it looks like it's um it doesn't look very fluky to me, no matter no matter who the hitters are. Yeah, uh, Crystal. I know uh, for reasons unrelated to uh, performance like this, uh, the love affair may be over, but uh, you still have to be somewhat pleased with the fact that this guy is looking like a legit major league starter instead of, uh, I mean, you know, sorry, Mikey, you know, head case or a guy who maybe doesn't have the, the, the durability um, to even stick in a rotation. I mean, these are positive things. Yeah. As someone who um, has spent the last few years, even, you know, prior to uh, rooting for this team, um, I've spent the last few years defending Michael Kopech. <laughs> and fighting people on the internet that say mean things about him because I know what he's capable of. I mean, I went to a lot of, you know, minor league games when the Charlotte Knights were in town. I've seen him pitch, you know, before he really made it up to being kind of big time. So I feel very vindicated, vindicated personally. Um, because again, I have been fighting people for years now about how good he is. So it's nice to finally see it come to fruition. And even though he has terrible taste and probably bad views, I still do love him as a pitcher. Between the lines and outside the lines, it is two different things. And unfortunately, too often this season, we've been forced to confront um, any conflicts there. Okay, I would say this is because I'm a really clever host, but it actually isn't. I'll admit that. I can admit that every single podcast, and I do multiple times. But Melissa, it's time for you to talk about Michael Kopech, because even though I think you had a catch in your throat and took it back very quickly based on how he started the season, I believe you are the only person on our staff to pick Michael Kopech as the pitching MVP this season. Uh, not to say that's necessarily going to happen, but he's looking sort of good at the moment, uh, feeling vindicated, feeling hopeful, crossing fingers, or do you see something that tells you that this is not going to last? 
I, I did pick him because I, like Crystal said, I, I mean, ever since the trade and, and all the hype and everything, I really, really wanted this to work out. Um, and he does, he has those raw skills. I mean, you can just see it, but then you have it. Then he has a game like Monday where Trout and Otani just tattoo him. And so like you're, you're go if you're going to pitch in the major leagues, you have to know how to pitch to the best in the major leagues. And so, you know, will he be that number one ace kind of guy that we were told he was going to be, or is he going to end up being more of a back of the, excuse me, back of the rotation kind of guy, because when it comes to judge or those guys, he's not going to cut it. I think at this point, we'll all be happy if he's just a rotation guy. It'd be great for him to be at the top of the rotation. Just a guy who could pitch in a major league rotation for, say, a few years, I think that would be probably a win, at least going into this season. Um, I am unsure uh, about our, our friends at the Fans First Sports Network, vast, vast podcasting network, of which Sox Populi, the voice of the White Sox fan, is clearly number one or number two in programming. I think that's a given. I don't need to look at numbers to know that. I'm not really sure what their policy is about. I'm sure the football podcasts do like 8,000 clips from NFL games. I haven't listened to any of them because I, sorry, brethren, I don't really care. But um, maybe we can use, I mean, I should have started this podcast with that cool Grand Slam Jake Berger highlight, but I'm an idiot, so I didn't. But let's not make the mistake of not talking about Jake Berger because in my dopey lead for um, the recap story, my reference was the fact that, you know, this guy not only has slugged hell out of the ball, maybe as good as maybe as good as anybody. I didn't actually look up any stats in doing that. I just wanted to write a story. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, he's definitely a slugger. He's been a slugger for the team this year. And he seems like a guy who so you, you want to root for. He just seems like a decent guy. Um, not, not that you necessarily have to speak to that, but it is just sort of nice to see this guy's continued success. And when he got that, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a meatball curveball, but it probably had a little bit of a nice change up down the middle kind of effect that he just pounced on and lined like a screaming Mimi out to the outfield uh, right over the fence. I mean, you sort of knew that was very possible happening. And of course, it was very vindicating and, and I felt really good to see him do that. Uh, thoughts on Jake Berger and his success this season because uh, nothing's been guaranteed to this guy. So I did look up stuff on him <laughs> because I just, I, 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 why? Okay. First of all, I have to like complain about why he was not playing um, at home on Friday and Saturday because he has amazing home splits. Yeah. So there was that first, but so in exit velocity in, in the barrels leaderboard, the only person above him is Aaron judge. That's it. And I mean, it, there's just tons of other stats where he's up there with people who have between 75 and 100 more plate appearances than he does. So, I mean, I guess that could work for him or against him. But I think you got to, you've got to find a way to put that guy in the lineup, especially at home. Okay, so we're on the road with the Yankees. Maybe only throw him in on one of the three games. But at home, he should have been in two of the three games, Ooh. not one of the three games. So I just... I don't understand Pedro's right. kind of approach there. Melissa has the notes to back it up. I'm sorry. She said it. Bulletin <laughs> board material. Better than Mike Trout. Better than Shohei Otani. Only Aaron Judge. We'll give you Aaron Judge. Okay, Emily, we'll give you Aaron Judge. Jake Berger, 
number two. Love, love, love to know that. Uh, okay, other thoughts on Jake Berger because this is a pretty good story. I am ready for him to just go off in New York and Romy as well. But like, I know he's he's not great on the road. Like I've noticed that and that little like contraption that they created probably isn't working very well on the road. Um, Their little Hal pitching machine. Yeah. Yeah. I am concerned because Yankee Stadium is a tough ballpark to really like hit far, really good home runs. But I just want him to go on a tear because I love him. And every single day, I'm just like, why is Jake Berger not in this game? Um, again, another one that I've been fighting people about because they're like, he's going to regress. And I'm like, shut up. No, he's not. He's wonderful. Well, he okay. does regress, right? I mean, put him in there. And if yeah. he's tanking, then I would prefer to like watch him regress than not have him in the game. Yeah. yeah. I promise you, dear viewers and listeners, Crystal O'Keefe does not fight with everybody on the internet. It's select people. They deserve it. And she gives them some what for. That's Actually, period. That's not true. I'm actually really mean. Okay. All right. Again, poor host doesn't doesn't really know the bios and backgrounds of all of his uh, delightful guests. All right. So here's the thing: don't don't even approach her. Don't mess with Crystal. She'll do your much. Uh, words to the wise. Uh, any other thoughts on Jake Berger? Because he's been fun. Yeah. Like if you told if someone told me like Jake Berger was drafted in 2012 or 2009, I probably would believe it because I felt like for years for untold eons of my life, like I've been waiting for Jake Berger to come up and nothing to do. I mean, the catastrophic injuries. I mean, there's nothing like, oh, this guy's a bust or a bum or something. It just felt like bad luck stretching back before I, I can even remember. And that all of a sudden he's here and it's not here that he's producing in a way that we wanted him to produce when he was drafted in 1904 or whenever it was. <laughs> it just, it's really gratifying. And it's one of those great baseball things where it's just, yeah, everything finally started working out for this kid who would have been justified dropping out of baseball and finding a different job years ago. I mean, I think he, what, lost three limbs at some point? Like, yeah. just, it's amazing what he's been through and to be able to come back. You think that Brian's joking, but here's the thing. He was drafted so long ago that that portly shape he had to begin his career, that was actually in vogue. That meant you hit home runs. Babe Ruth ate 12 hot dogs and hit three home runs. That's how you did it. Now, of course, he's been around so long that he's had to transform his body and say, all right, I have to be an athlete now. And, hey, the guy the guy has done it. And, you know, zero Achilles issues, you know, since he's, uh, you know, been a little bit more non-Babe Ruthy. He was the nation's top flagpole sitter as well. Like that's how long ago yeah. he was drafted. Yeah, right. Very good at that. flapping. And he still, he, he yeah. still hasn't traded in the Model T. He got that as a signing bonus. <laughs> so, you know, come on, don't do it. Uh, uh, Dante, uh, the, the the dynamic duo of Dante uh, Maliki. Uh, uh, thoughts on Jake, or you just love him watching him? It yeah, I'm I'm with. I would echo Melissa's thoughts. I think mostly. I'm not entirely sure why. You know. It's okay to run Hans or Alberto out there for 80% of his plate appearances against right-handed hitters, but you know you got a guy who hits the ball harder than anyone, everyone, but just a handful of the best players in the game, and you really got to curate his matchups. I'm I'm not sure he's not perfect. You know, he's not a perfect player. Swings and misses a lot, strikes out too much, but he's got to be in the lineup every day. So like I'm, and he, every time, every time he's not in the lineup, and I'm you know, not usually uh, angst about the starting lineup day in day out um, type person, but 
every time something like this happens, it seems like he steps up and tells everybody, hey, I need to be in the lineup every day. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping I'm hoping it starts to take because, um, yeah, I don't I'm all, all love to Romy Gonzalez and his um, the how he's been playing better and Elvis Andrus's veteran leadership. But uh, I, I just I can't I don't want to watch those two hitting over the guy who can hit him 120 miles an hour. And, I just don't. And, it, and it's unconditional waivers. So Hanser is not coming back. So that's one excuse less not to have Jake Berger in the lineup. Just slowly but surely. By like September, we'll have an ideal roster to win a division. Might be 20 games back by then, but I guess that's why we play the games and find out. Uh, Dante, I'm assuming you're just uh, uh, digging the Jake Berger experience. Oh yeah, like I think this is just the um, Jake um, Jake Berger love hour because he deserves it. Coming back from those injuries and stuff, great to see him playing. As everybody has said, Jake Berger should be in a lineup every day, just about. And it's funny to me, like it's what I've been saying for the, since the offseason, since we signed Bennett Tendy. Eloy Menes might not be a great defender, but you can always just park him in right field, and just have Jake as the DH, like. Is Jake's defense that much worse than Eloy's defense at their respective positions? I don't want to say so. I don't think so. So, you know, one could, like, just have Jake DH, have Eloy in right field, and have two of your best, if not your two best power hitters, not your best hitters on team, but your two best power hitters in the lineup regularly. But that's just how this should work. Dante, uh, consider it progress. Eloy escorted that ground rule double into the stands. He didn't follow it into the stands and get trapped in the net. This we have to consider right field or corner outfield progress. So yeah, you might be on to something. Step, it's a step. It's a step in the right direction. Um, he just has to make up for the forty-two or forty-three steps in the wrong direction he took. But you know, <laughs> we're catching up. And he's he's Baby showing steps. some improvement in the outfield. And as long as Ben Attendee said Eloy will be playing right field or yeah. DH. But true. as long as Makata's healthy, Makata plays third because he's one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball. Mm-hmm. So guess what? Jake, you get to be DH. You get to focus on hitting bombs and occasionally playing third base or I guess second base because at the game I went to this week, he played second for an <laughs> And then proceeded to hit a home run when he came up to bat. Sure. And you, you live to see it. And you probably won't be the only one. Uh, hey, listen again. Um, it's a it's a bad host scrapbook here, but uh, it, it's worth mentioning. Crystal's terrific story on uh, MLB's uh, mental health uh, initiatives and and so forth. A shout out at least a couple of White Sox, including Jake Berger and Michael Kopech. And hey, how about that? We're talking about them in, in, in glowing fashion. Not that we'd be talking about them in horrible fashion if they're doing well, but hey, it's great to see that these guys who have taken pretty courageous stands and been really um, pr- fairly transparent in, in this sense and honest. Uh, doing well. I imagine that gives a little extra boost uh, to you, Crystal, as well, given that you sort of cited those guys, and I know you're rooting for them. Yeah, those are my dudes. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty happy about it today. They picked that. I mean, and again, they've they've been the most vocal on that team about mental health. Um, so yeah, just don't go through Kopech's old tweets. And we'll- yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll just say deleted. Uh, I don't know. Um, and don't mess with Crystal about it. Just don't. Just take take the just take the wide route around that. Uh, okay, we're gonna take a break. Oh yeah, there's more. This has been pretty happy. I might take a turn. I don't know. If you like that sort of thing, stick around. If you don't, okay, uh, then I have to say goodbye to you now, dear audience, because you know it's gonna get a little rougher. We're gonna talk about essentially the rest of June. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not so pretty. I would take a break. Give us a minute. Let Fans First Sports Network sell you something. Consider it. Come on, you got some money laying around. Think about whatever it is. Slap chop, get it. Come on. All right, we'll be back in a minute, and we'll talk more about the White Sox. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. White Sox fans. Hello. My name is Rip Valentini. I get to host a podcast. It's called Sox Populi, derived from the Latin. We are the voice of the White Sox. You think we're not the voice of the White Sox fan? Look at this podcast. Listen to this podcast. How are we not the voice of the White Sox fan? Sorry to sound haughty, but it's fact. Number two, three, four, five, maybe, among all the fans first sports network shows. I'm sure it's true. I don't need to look up numbers to determine that. Well, we're here. It's podcast number 148. Yes, this is the 148th about podcast on the mothership about the Chicago White Sox. We are now going to dig into... What is to come? Pointed out at the very top of this podcast that the White Sox have clawed back, clawed back to just nine games worse than 500. Yeah, it's hard to say with a straight face. Uh, And the problem is that might represent the high point for a while. Coming up, it's the official Melissa Sage Bolenbach notebook. Coming up on the schedule, it's the New York Yankees at 35 and 25. Only Aloy is not scared of the Yankees. He hits home runs in the rain at Yankee Stadium. Then we host, this is a strange schedule to us, come right back home to host the Miami Marlins, better than 500. I don't know what that means. NL East, better than the AL Central, 32 and 28. Then fly out to the West Coast, because why not? Playing the Dodgers, the Dodgers, I thought at some point were like 500. They were struggling at some point, right? I'm not crazy. Well, they're 35 and 24 now, so everybody's predictions, at least the smart ones of us, like me, uh, are seeing the Dodgers again like Winnipeg because they do that every year, right? Whoops. Uh, Seattle, Seattle comes up next, 29 and 30, but they're just waiting to break out. Why wouldn't they break out against the White Sox? Plus, they're at home. The home sushi, all the home cooking. And then the White Sox get to come home to play the Texas Rangers. Now you might say, who cares? The Texas Rangers, what are you scared of? Well, (laughs) the Texas Rangers are the second best team in baseball (laughs) at 38 and 20. Baseball doesn't make any sense. What are we even doing this podcast for? Let's talk about music. And at the end of the the month, it's the Oakland A's. White Sox go back (laughs) to Oakland. Because, I don't know, there's something Jerry wants, frequent flyer miles or something, I don't know, something. And, you know, you say, okay, the A's, they're like a single A team, but it's Oakland. The, 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 I don't know, the, um, 
toilets are going to back up. You know, something bad's going to happen out there. No guaranteed wins for the White Sox, even against the A's at the end of the month. So in other words, sorry for that really long, long uh, spiel there, but uh, it's going to be rough. It seems like it's going to be rough. Give me thoughts on whether the White Sox, powered by a sweep of the Detroit Tigers this weekend at home, uh, should be facing June with no fear, or is it going to get rough for the White Sox? Um, as the guy that's a, known as a wrestling fan around here, the White Sox are going to get put through a table all month. It's going to be disgusting. Like, the Yankees are the Yankees, the Dodgers are the Dodgers, and this year the Rangers are the Rangers. Those are the ones that are like, yeah, that's that's going to be ugly. Now, now wait, I look at, let's see, the Miami Marlins are shockingly doing better than anyone expected. The Mariners, yeah, they've been a mediocre team. But mediocre is better than the White Sox this year, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I can see the Mariners getting two out of three against us. Um, before the Oakland series, we have the Boston Red Sox coming to town. Oh, yeah. Well. I skipped Boston because, yeah, that's illegal, right? I can't think about the other better Sox, right? So uh, Boston, we got them for three. Um, I, I Boston's the worst. That's probably the worst team in the AL East, and that means nothing because the AL East, like the NL East, are both just ridiculously talented and great. Um, after Boston, we got the Angels, who we literally just saw what the Angels did to them last week. Expect a repeat. I'm just sad that we won't see Shohei pitch, probably. And then Oakland beat the Braves in a series. So, so you can, um, sorry to be the downer of downers, yeah. but none of that sounds good. Yeah, so you can't with Detroit. You can't blame me for wanting to skip like the Angels and whoever. I just wanted to skip right I mean, to the A's. You can't blame me. I mean, no, I want some good news in June, but it ain't coming. The White Sox right? wish they could snap their fingers, and now they don't. They just skip straight to Boston and Oakland. They don't have to deal with Miami or New York or Seattle or Texas or the other L.A.s. I mean, both L.A.s. But that's not how baseball works. Therefore, it's not going to be a good month of June if you're a White Sox fan, unless some m- remarkable things happen. Dante, I hesitate to ask, but did you say that the, the White Sox are going to be put to the table, put on the table? Put, put through a table. Put through a table, meaning somebody go throw them through a table? Yep. Oh, okay. Just going to go up right. and down Okay. and be in pain. All right. All the all the shrapnel everywhere. It's gonna it's gonna be a okay. it's gonna be a bad scene. Okay, Dante, kicking and screaming or otherwise, I'm gonna learn more about wrestling through my friendship with you. I I, I am going. It's going to happen. So I've just I've learned. Don't look something. at these right. about wrestling. They get very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll just learn from you. Then I'll just learn from you. All right. Other thoughts. Again, I I skipped some teams. The White Sox will lose to. Can't blame me. Uh, scold me for it if you want, but. Uh, Thoughts about June? Seems like it might be rough. It's supposed to be just flowers, but no, I um, Today, I learned that the Marlins are in second place in their division while researching for that episode of Visiting Dugout, recording tomorrow with Tommy Barbie, of all people. Whoa! So, yeah, I don't really have any confidence for June and that's a bummer because I would prefer that they celebrate my birthday month with actual wins instead of getting plowed by the rangers on my birthday Uh, okay crystal i am taking notes here crystal has got the mets um uh, oh well yeah maliki we know he's 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 semi-turn coded to the yankees uh tommy to the marlins 
Okay, I'm I'm underlining that because and, this comes as a surprise. Um, he volunteered to do Marlins, Mets, and Braves podcasts if needed. This guy's just eating the Southeast. What is going, man? This guy nationwide, Southeast nationwide. Okay, all right. That is going to be a fun podcast. Not to say I don't listen to them all. I might listen to that one twice. Uh, okay. Um, schedule. More thoughts. I don't know. I want to be optimistic. I really, 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 really do. <laughs> That's I mean, something. <laughs> I, I I had the same uh, Marlins-based journey that Crystal had today. I was like, all right, well, the Marlins, they're the Marlins. Mm-hmm. They don't even necessarily exist as a baseball team. And then looked at the record and was horrified. Um, you know, I wouldn't say like they're even more pointless than the White Sox as a franchise, but they're in playoff contention right now. So mm-hmm. there's not a single series except obviously Oakland, which is only one day in June that you can point to and say like, all right, that's a breather right there. Uh, I don't know. The toughest swords are forged by the hottest fire or something. Maybe we can pretend that something good's going to happen, but also the weakest swords melt in a small fire. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anything about swords. I don't know if that's true. Right. But it sounds accurate. Yeah. I believe if you're thrusted at directly by them, they go right through your body. And somehow <laughs> I see that happening a lot in June for the White Sox, unfortunately. Uh, Marlins, Brian, one thing I can definitely say, better GM than the White Sox. That's true. I think yes. we can make that argument very <laughs> clearly. Shout out, Kim. Uh, okay. Um, Melissa, Maliki, what you got? You got you got any sunshine? You going to blow any sunshine at me or... I no, you know I don't have <laughs> no, no that that cup I think might be empty. My my glass half full thing, yeah, it ended like months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of like besides the Yankees, it's all West Coast, and we are historically awful when it comes to playing on the West Coast, even when it comes to the A's. So mm-hmm. I mean, between just the, the history there of us for whatever reason we don't like the time change or what have you mm-hmm. except for geo he likes to pitch late so yeah. maybe maybe we'll see if geo pitches a lot of those games maybe he'll yeah. he'll get the win but like he'll be auditioning <laughs> well that's yes that's true but i yeah i too was looking up the marlins and like their babbit is fourth in all of baseball and they have a really pretty high batting average as a team at like 260 so they hit a lot of baseballs and we know that our pitchers throw lots of baseballs that teams like to hit. So (laughs) I don't see, I see that series being really, really bad. And then also the Yankees, their, their batting average as a team isn't that great. It's actually lower than the White Sox, but they hit a lot of home runs. And we also know that our pitchers like to throw lots of meatballs that people hit home runs. So it's just not a good combo. None of it. Like there's no, I don't see any light. I'm sorry. I don't like your math, Melissa. I go look at the notebook for the rest of this podcast. Scratch something out. Give me some better math because that no, I don't like that math at all. Hey, don't underestimate all of the Southside Sox family out on the coast. We got um, we got Will Allen. We got uh, we got Matt Bailey. We got we got a number of different folks. I'm sure are going to be representing in in California, in Seattle. I mean, if they're vocal enough, I mean, again. Uh, my math isn't any good, but according to me, the math would say that the White Sox should win some games just based on vocal White Sox fans alone. Let's go with that. That's probably our best hope. Uh, Maliki, you, you got you got any you got any hope for us? You're the confident. Maybe a tiny bit. <laughs> I mean, I, I also just want to say, going back to the the thing about the Rangers, it's funny. We're so like, I don't want to say owner pilled, but it's kind of like it's crazy. You know, the Rangers are bad, and then. 
they go out and they sign a lot of really good players. And now we're like, what? They're good? How did that yeah, happen? Go figure. Yeah. Like, that Simeon was the stupidest <laughs> signing ever. Yeah. Is this what you want, Sox fans? Is this what you want? <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah. So the one thing I will say is that, um, I mean, it's not like they've got teams at their backs. It's not like there's pressure coming from, you know, staying in first place or anything. They got to play mm-hmm. like they got nothing to lose. And uh, if there's any hope to be had beyond your standard, well, maybe, you know, for the first time in like three years, the good players will start playing good at the same time together. Uh, I think we should not forget beyond being just an incredible, really good feel-good story, that Liam Hendricks and Garrett Crochet being back actually makes the bullpen a lot better. Like, now, those last two roster... I mean, how many games were lost at this point, you know, over the last year or two because the last guy out of the bullpen we're seeing is, you know... It's Jake Diekman in a big spot. It's Jimmy Lambert in a big spot. It's Tanner Banks. And in in I'm looking at, at some of these um, <laughs> names on the baseball reference. And when you can push now, you know, if you have, you know, Graveman has pitched well, Kelly's pitched well, Santos and Middleton have been electric. If you're pushing those two guys, those four guys down a slot or two, so then those are your, you know, early game, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh inning guys where you can bring them in in a close game and not be like, oh, no, all right, I can turn this off now. We're basically punting on this one. That's an extra win here or there. So uh, there's there's your dose of optimism for the for the coming months. I think we might have we might have gotten over the hump as far as um you know Rickon's Super Bowl pen. Okay, I was just out. gonna say it's on the bulletin board. Maliki Hayes predicts formation of Super Pen, and listen, not just because you outlined it so eloquently. I mean that's legit. You just listed off half a dozen names that could, in theory, be pieced together to stretch. Yeah, as early as a. Uh, a, a a prior to uh, May typical Kopech start that gets you maybe in into the fourth or Dylan C start that might get you into the fourth. So yeah, all right, Super Bullpen. I even forgot. I for I oh yeah, that's right. Uh, only Aaron Judge is better than Jake Berger. That's from Melissa. Oh, see, the rest of you need to leave some other good bulletin board material because then I can put it in the bullet points of the post and it will live forever in infamy. Ah well. Thank you for being loose-lipped. Okay, well, I don't know. I think that takes us where we need to be. Um, Welcome back, Brian. It's always good to have you. Uh, Dante, Melissa, Maliki. Yeah, I I know this week might be tough for you. You know, you're going to be pulled in in two different directions. You know, stay strong. (laughs) Stick on the south side. I I feel like I need to say, say, because you know what? I... I actually I like the yet the Mets a lot more than I like the Yankees. I really don't. I write about the Yankees. I am entertained by the neurosis of Yankees fandom and the entire nature of their existence. But don't put me don't don't put me in that box, Brett. Don't don't do that. Fair don't enough. Do that I just like giving you trouble about it. But yes, it is of course. Yes, no cheering on press row, right? Yes, of course. So no danger, Maliki cheering for the Yankees. He's secretly actually sleeper agent. Watch out. What's it called? Pinstripe Alley? Watch out, Pinstripe Alley. <laughs> Sleeper Asian. We got you. All right. Well, um, sorry, Emily. It seems to me like your team is not going to win three or four. You might be lucky to win one of four. Oh, listen to this trash talk on the podcast. Ain't we tough? Ain't I tough? Nine games below 500, talking trash to the Yankees. Oh, well. Eloy, hit six or seven homers in the rain. Let's do it. Let's have a good week. Try to carry this into June. Hey, Brett. Yes, sir. To finish, up, to finish up off. You're talking trash right now while we're down. Michael Jordan said, the realest ones talk trash when you're down 20. So you might as well talk trash now. So when you're up, it's even better. 
So Dante, like according to you, still. All right. Well, then Michael Jordan considers me the realist. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Dante. I, I, I needed that. I needed that tonight. Uh, okay. Well, we will be back latest probably for the off day in a week. Uh, maybe we'll squeeze. Hey, they do well enough against Emily's and Malachi's Yankees. Um, then uh, we may have an emergency podcast like on Thursday just to celebrate. And boy, we'll be really getting buzzed by then. So, all right. Let's look forward to that. Maybe a Thursday buzzed podcast all right let's do that uh that'll be 149 uh let's wind this up and uh thanks everybody listen once again we'll be back um sooner than you're probably ready for us uh stay tuned for visiting the dugout probably right on the heels of this podcast